A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in the DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. This week, I am joined by my wonderful, amazing creative director, the amazing Basil. Yay. Hey, Basil, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. We're still on tour. We are still on tour. We just got done with Baltimore, so we are recording this like on a Monday night? No, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night. I don't know. Time and dates are lost to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, we still have a lot of cities that we're going to. If you want to know where I'm going to for, the, for my book tour, you can find me by going to MercuryStardust.com. But right now, we're having a good time doing a thing. And what's your favorite part about touring right now so far, Baze? Um, honestly, really getting to see like all the cool styles, like everyone's got cool haircuts, colors, like really cool outfits. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Hearing that, the the fashion sense and also hearing people's stories about how we're helping people. Yeah. Those are the two things I think that stick out so much. So it's been a wonderful experience. Speaking of wonderful experience, are you ready to help strangers on the internet? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, for those who are listening to for the very first time, the Handyman Hotline is where people call in or text us, and we read off the questions, and I do my best I can to answer all the questions. This week, I think it's all text messages. So, okay, yeah. Okay. So, because, I'll be doing a lot of reading. Yeah, 100%, and I picked them all out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so, without further ado, let's do the first question of the week. Okay, here we go. So we've got topic, flathead screws and bolts. I recently bought a bunch of tiny half-inch screws online for a craft project, and when I got them, I realized that they required a flathead screwdriver, which I have, so no big deal. Well, except that I've discovered that trying to screw these into the little wood blocks I have has been surprisingly challenging and apparently dangerous. The driver slipped and caught me in the hands. So my question is about what the proper use and technique for using said flathead screws are and why you might choose a flathead version over a seemingly superior crosshead one. (laughs) Why did they leave the sides open, which allow the driver to slip much more easily? I know nicer screwdrivers come with a metal sleeve, which prevents slipping when it covers the screws, but I unfortunately don't have one of those. Is there a fix for that without having to buy a new hardware? Thank you for all the great things that you share with us. My life continually gets better with the knowledge you've shared and the kindness you spread. Philip. Well, thank you so much for the good question, Philip. I really like this one. Also, the, the irony of I Philip's just name. Say, I just yeah. realized how funny it is. It is very funny. That their name is Philip and we're talking about screwdrivers. Ah, it's so funny. But all that being said, why do we still have flathead screwdrivers? 
why do we still have flathead screws? Well, the simple answer to that is manufacturing. It's still the cheapest way to manufacture everything. And that's like the only reason why <laughs> there is not a good reason other than the fact that like you might want to like a rustic look, you know, or like or like an older look to it. I do think that like when we're doing like more fine stuff, like like electronic stuff, it being flathead is never a problem. But flathead screws specifically like in drywall and woodworking and door frames is a living nightmare. And the reason why they don't have sides and they just go straight across is because various sizes of flatheads will work in them then. So you will have like a uh, number two, a number one, a number three, a zero, precision, all of them in different sizes. And if they have ends that don't close off at the sides, they can use various sizes for it. So that's why that reason happens. And also, if you're going to use screws at all, I would recommend a torque screw. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like kind of like a like a sunburst. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen those. They're kind of neat. Yeah, they're really neat, and they don't cam out. So when I say camming out, what I mean is like when the drill bit slips. Like in this instance, it slipped and it stabbed Philip in the hand. Right. Um, well, with a star bit or a torque bit, right? They don't do that. They they stay in place because there's so many points of connection. Mm, yeah, mm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. What's the other part of that question that I forgot? Um, why? Essentially, why don't we use Phillips for everything? Um, I think was well. It, it, so the very good thing is a a Phillips screwdriver. We kind of talked about this in a previous episode about the history of a Phillips screwdriver. But essentially, though, it's not the same way it is every single place. Like in the UK, they don't use. The, the Phillips nearly as much. In Canada, they almost use exclusively, like almost like a, a square bit uh, up there. They don't really use that stuff. So it's the same reason why we don't have, we don't use metric. You know what I mean? It's the same system. You know, people just do their own thing and then it becomes common and no one standardizes it across the, the entire world. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of like sinks into how we do things, the things that we get from other places, IKEA is going to have, you know, Allen keys and et cetera. It's all going to be different. So, yeah, essentially, it's just the way it is. <laughs> okay. I think we answered yeah. that pretty okay. I think we did a pretty good job. I basically picked one that was like, okay, this is going to be out of the park. a nice little softball. is going to get us nice and ready to go. And Do you like that, Mercury? I did a little, I did a little sports reference you for you. You did a sports reference, and I almost missed it. <laughs> Basil, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. As an avid sports fan, I... You know what? It means so much to me. <laughs> I'm listening to your interests. Yeah, you do. Basil is great at just like listening to me and nodding their head as if he's actually listening to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready for question two? I'm ready for question two. All right. Here we go. Hello. Repair question here for Mercury. I live in an apartment and notice my tub making a loud noise when draining the tub after taking a bath. I don't know if it's a gurgling noise or what, but it kind of sounds like a louder version of someone finishing the last few drops of a drink with a straw. Is it clogged? It drains pretty quickly still. It just makes this noise. Is there anything I can do to fix this? Thanks. eBay, they use he and they pronouns. It sounds like 
you might have um, air bubble in your 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 drain. So that 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 straw noise, that like uh, like this. Yeah, I don't know. If you know? Do you know what I'm trying to? Say? Yeah, yeah, like you can't make that noise. Yeah. <laughs> It almost sounds like it's sucking it down really hard. Yeah. Right? An air bubble can do that. But I'm also going to say it could very well be a clog. You know, both of those things could be solved by just running down a drain snake down there and seeing what happens. If it takes like a minute before that happens, right? Like if you're filling it up and it takes a minute for the water to hit that section to make it do that, then it means it's fairly far down. Mm. Right? That means it's probably like, you know, a couple, you know, dozen feet away, maybe farther, right? If it happens pretty quick in the first, like, 20 seconds or 10 seconds, it's probably the first, like, 5 feet or 10 feet of, of being in the drain. And that makes a difference, too, what kind of drain snake you're going to use, how precarious it might actually be to use a system. But that's pretty much the straightforward way to do that. Okay, okay. And, like... I feel like I've heard my tub make a similar noise before, like yeah. when it's draining, but it's always like at the very end. And it seems like it's when like the water is starting to get to the point where like it's not completely obstructing the, yeah. the pipe as it's going down. If you do the drain snake, right, and it doesn't solve the problem, it could just be the, the way that it's shaped and how the drain itself in the tub is shaped. Like sometimes you'll have like a super shallow one. And sometimes you'll have like an, an almost like a fucking S curve, mm-hmm. almost like a meter. Like, so you're 100% right. Like, it could very much be that. But it could also be, you know, a, 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 a clog that's slightly forming. Yeah. yeah. Because if the, the pipe itself is like, you know, in most drains, I would say like an inch and a quarter, two inches or something. Right. And if it's, if it, if that area gets smaller, well, then the airflow is going to be different. And it's going to grab it, especially if there's a bubble in there somewhere. You know, you can think about buildup in your arteries very similarly because it works the same way. You know, sometimes talking to you is like finding out things about my body I do not want to know. Basil <laughs> used to be a nurse. So, like, literally, every once in a while, Basil will just drop, like, a knowledge on me where I'm like, dude, I did not need to know that. <laughs> I did not need to know that at all. Yeah. But yeah, I do sometimes think of my organs like plumbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably pretty direct, like, inspiration, right? Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it deals with waste. It deals with... <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, the first irrigation system was, you know, our intestines and stuff, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, 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 yeah. This makes logic. I'm sure everyone's going to agree with us. So I think we kind of solved that pretty quickly, too. Look at us. We're two for two. We are doing so good. And right there is cat tax for this one. So make sure you go look at these little kitty cats. Oh, good. I'm going to take a look at the kitty cats They're right now. They're very cute. There's two of them. Oh, my God. napping together. Oh, man. I love siblings. I love cat siblings. They're the best. Especially when one of them is an orange boy, because, like, you know, you know that's an orange cat yeah. with orange cat behavior. Oh, yeah. Orange cat behavior is pretty great. And uh, the other one's a black cat. So, like, you're 100%. If you were, if you were going to be a cat, you would be an orange cat. You think I would be an orange cat? Yeah. Wait, wait, would you, you think I'm the orange cat? No way. I am not the orange cat. You're the orange cat. You know what? It would be very orange cat of me to think that you're the orange cat. 
<laughs> okay, we solved the drain problem. All right, are we ready for question <laughs> number three? For number three, here we go. All right, here we go. Hello. I went to one of your book signings, and I have two questions. Oh, oh, two for the price of one. Are you ready? Uh, let's go for it. Have you thought of partnering with property managers and apartment associations to teach tenants to be self-sufficient? It would help them save costs. Question. Do you want to answer the first one or do you want me to read both of them? Read them both, buddy. Okay. So the question number two, have you ever thought of applying DIY to things like ADUs and van conversions? So accessory dwelling units. You need to have carpentry, electrical, and other skills to convert a van or bus. Thank you, Mercury and team. So before I became the trans handyman, right? Like when I was still doing this work, like, you know, every day, right? I did teach classes. I did. I got my property management company to agree to let me teach like little like, you know, after. That is so cool. Yeah. So like I... I taught people how to do garbage disposals. Uh-huh. I taught people how to take care of their fridges. I never knew this. Yeah, I was. I, I got them to actually say this was that a good so idea. Cool. Yeah, it was like the first month I started working there. I instilled it right away, and it was like it was like we'd used it as a tenant and you know employee relationship building. Thing, yeah, you know yeah, because absolutely. they. You know, we were mandated by our company to do like two events or something Mm -hmm. every quarter or something like that. So our events just became educational things for the community itself. That's really cool, though. Yeah. And we kept it really simple. Nothing nothing that was going to, you know, be a liability issue. That was the whole thing that they were scared about. Mm. So that is a possibility, right? Like I could very well, you know, help that happen. It is kind of an uphill battle a lot with property management companies. I... Right before I hired Maggie, maybe like four months before Maggie became my first like employee and now my business partner, I was actually being interviewed by property managements in a town who were going to hire me again as a maintenance technician. And there was a place that I thought that was like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to hire you and we're going to have you be our manager. And that's what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I was really excited about that. Yeah. But that, that isn't really what they wanted. They wanted me to just be a, a grade one, almost like an assistant. Uh, yeah. No, it was really frustrating, especially when you're in the industry for 15 years. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be anyone's assistant, you know. But all that being said, yeah, I have totally wanted to do that. I think it'll be a really good program to do. But here's the thing. They don't need me to do this. <laughs> Property management companies always have technicians, and a lot of them are really good at this. Not all of them are great educators. I learned that the hard way when I was growing up. But that is a skill that they can learn. Yes, it is. And also, I learned on the job, too. So a lot of these people also teach people anyways. So mm-hmm. I think also it's going to be different for every apartment building. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a universal... Like in my book, right? Not everyone's going to have every single thing I I, I tell them in there, and not everyone is going to have certain... Some people are going to have really weird situations, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to get that from a class that your property company is going to teach you. Sure. But there is things like, you know, the kind of door locks you have, right? Or the kind of windows you have, like a double-hung window, window or windows that have, like, certain kind of blinds on it, you know? I think you can... If you can inform people... On what damages, that is like a huge thing. Sometimes mm. what I would do when we would have people move in, phase, I would be there 
every time someone moved in, I like made it happen, which was an abnormal thing. Technicians don't usually do that, but I would do it. And what I would do is I would let the the you know the agent or whoever to walk the the client around, and after they were done, I would go up to them and be like, okay, well, I'm going to show you what gets damaged the most. These blinds get damaged really easy. If you got mm-hmm. a cat, they're not going to make it through there. Mm-hmm. Just let us know. You get one free fix, basically, until we are going to end up charging you. You know, sure. I told people that they could contact me for like you know a pint of paint to match their stuff. You know, I told people, oh yeah, the garbage disposal always goes out. These are like a third power, and they're not very strong. Don't put this down there. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff could be things that you instill. Sure. And tenants. And I think that can help you. I think that you can enlist them to empower them Mm -hmm. to be able to do more things in their home. Of course, you don't want the tenant to replace the sink. Of course, you don't want that. You know, you don't want the tenant to like install a whole washer and dryer in their unit. You know, (laughs) you don't want those things. But I do think you can give them the knowledge that they can use in order to be the most successful tenant. You know? You, by the way, got a letter not that long ago. <laughs> I did. Congratulating you of being such a good fucking tenant. And you sent me the letter and it I blew did. my mind. <laughs> it was so bizarre. I've never gotten anything like that before. Yeah, tell the audience about it. So after I moved out of my apartment, I was like waiting for the security deposit back. And I got this letter in the mail that also had a check attached with my entire security deposit addressed to me and the letter basically said thank you so much for for caring and cleaning (laughs) and a lot of people don't do this yeah they're not wrong a lot of people don't we had a lot of trash outs you know but also the irony of all this is i think you would have less trash outs if you actually took care of your tenants Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think what's iron the irony of a lot of it you didn't have a great experience no i with this property management company that you had a terrible experience Mm -hmm. you moved out essentially because they were so terrible right one of the sexual reasons so link they congratulated you for being a great tenant that they lost yeah do you know what i mean like that's a wild thing like Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Also, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's wild to me that they're not trying to go for retention. You and know? it's so frustrating, too, because I gave them so many opportunities to fix things. But oh. Yeah, so many opportunities. Anyway. But all that being said, I mean, I think that you can do a great service for your tenants if you're willing to empower them to some extent. Of course, there's things you don't want them to do, like changing you know, light switches and outlets, right? But if you were maintaining them and they weren't in bad conditions sure. and all of them actually worked and they weren't like just super loose and stuff, right? Then, yeah, they're not going to mess with it. <laughs> but if they're that way before they even move in, then why do they need to worry about it? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer to that first part is yes. <laughs> And then the second part of the question was about the accessory dwelling units and vans. We have talked about this a lot. Basil, tell them your thoughts about it, what we've talked about about it. I think it would be so cool to do a van or a tiny house or like something that we could potentially take on the road. I think that would be so cool. Yeah, we've talked about like getting a splinter van and like converting it to being basically like a tool like living space. Mm -hmm. And it would have like some tools, some power, power things and... 
it would be like a multi-tool in that way and then we can like i don't know it'd be fucking great <laughs> i mean because we were just talking about how much we do not like flying anymore yeah for real um so like this could be potentially maybe that'd be a way we could sneak in some more like cross country go meet the fans it would be nice would we stay in hotels or would we use it as like a place to sleep too i feel like we would use probably use it as a place to sleep if we could right are you a hammock person i am so a hammock person mercury you totally read me yeah 100 percent. because i think what we can do is i will have a bed inside (laughs) and we just put a hammock outside or something exactly because i'm so used to backpacking i love backpacking i I will go live out in the woods, no problem. <laughs> you can go sleep in the nice cozy van. Yeah, I mean, your gender is essentially like a Victorian fairy prince, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I would kind say. of. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm reading you real good tonight. <laughs> well, we have been spending a lot of time. Oh, one hundred percent. We were talking about our book club the other day, and we were describing a character from this book. And it was, it dawned on me, like, that's literally Basil's, like, fucking dream. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. But all that being said, I believe that is something we've talked about. Now, will we do it? I don't know. It's very expensive to do stuff like that. And we would need the proper space to do it. And we need some financial resources to do that. And we're not in that position as a company to do that right now. But maybe. Maybe sometime. Maybe the third book we do. Maybe. <gasps> Does that mean that there's a second book? Oh, intrigue. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Guess people might have to stay tuned. You know, she was called the Ambassador of Cheese and Teas before she did the full-time maintenance lady stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on to our next question? 100%. Okay. So this one is Nicole. She, her pronouns... Nicole says, I've made a horrible mistake and I don't know how to fix it. I just bought a house and I'm about to paint. Looking around at what I needed to prep, I noticed some bubbling in a corner. I poked and it started chipping. I was planning on scraping and sanding some and I wanted to make sure that there wasn't any water damage. So I pulled a bit and well, now all the paint is coming off. What is my next step? I'm in way over my head, and my wife doesn't know what to do either. Please help. Cat picture as a thanks for reading this. Oh, Nicole, my heart goes out to you like immediately. First and foremost, here's the full disclosure. I actually messaged and texted Nicole back within 10 minutes of them sending me this text last night. And I wanted to kind of like go over all that, all the tippets that I sent over to Nicole. And essentially, this happens. This is not your fault, okay? From the photos that I was sent last night, it was very obvious that it was bubbling up in the corner, right? And it was going to go no matter what, Nicole. It oh, was yeah. it was definitely going to peel at some point. Eventually mm-hmm. it was gonna pop and it was gonna be a problem anyways. Yeah, I've seen oh, this a bunch. Yeah, all you did was just speed up the process. And that's not a bad thing at all. Now, how do you like fix this problem? Well, the thing is, you're going to actually have to make it worse before you make it better. That paint itself is being rejected from the wall. That means they didn't do a proper job when they originally painted it to begin with. And when you do this the next time, you got to make sure that you prime the heck out of that wall and make sure you set it up for success. If you don't do that later on, that latex is going to be wanting to come off one way or another. And I think that's what's happening here. 
Did they say what room this is in? No, they did not. You know, I would say it looked like it was a living room, but it could. if it's a bathroom, then you have a steam issue, too, and, you know, that might be a, another part of it. Yeah, that was my only thought there, too. There might be something else just to look into. Just be aware. Yeah, it, depending on what room you're in, mm-hmm. if you're having a lot of moisture and a lot of heat in there, a steam, right, You're it's going to naturally want to pull it off. But that's why they make bathroom-specific primers and specific paint, you know? You're really, you're in a good position if you have, like, a gloss or a semi-gloss. You're more likely to have that adhere to the primer, and that's going to also reflect a lot. And that's why I actually recommend semi-gloss in bathrooms almost always. I don't like gloss. Gloss drives me nuts. I hate painting it. But semi-gloss, I can deal with kind of. Sure. And I would recommend that because that sheen that it has helps to keep the moisture out a little bit Mm -hmm. and makes it a little bit easier to clean anyways. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, you got this like patch on the wall now of like paint that's still kind of peeling. And now you have bare drywall that's exposed, right? What do you do? Well, the first thing you want to do is actually make the problem worse. So you want to get a sanding pad, a sanding block, or an orbiter sander, and just go to town, okay? You're going to try to just sand the whole area down and see how much more comes off. If it keeps on peeling on you, then you might as well just sand it all down. Because it's going to come off eventually. It's going to come off anyways. And if you try to cover it up right now, you're just going to make the problem worse. Yeah. You know, so just, you need to make sure it's like pretty flat to the, the drywall. Once it's that way, you should be okay to add joint compound. And joint compound, you can mix with some water. You can like do like, you know, one part water and two parts joint compound. And then you can kind of get like a pancake batter going on. And that can really help make sure that it's nice and smooth and and uh, actually adheres to the wall really nice and all that jazz. But definitely use joint compound in that five-minute mud or ten-minute mud. It, I just don't think that blends as well. And you would put that over the entire, like, exposed drywall area? Yeah, you would want to not just go over the exposed area, maybe like three inches past it all. You kind of want to feather it all off. Mm-hmm. I always talk about on-ramps and off-ramps. When you're making a patch, you're not making it flat. You're giving the illusion of flatness, right? So what you want to do is try to make it really look the flattest it can possibly look when you have a hole in the wall. So what you're doing is you're making a really long on-ramp, like a really long on-ramp into a highway. You know, one that's so long you barely notice you're going uphill. That's kind of what we're looking for. And the longer that runway is and the more gradual it is, the easier it is to blend. And that's basically what you'll be doing, and you're just going to feather off the sides once you do it. But probably like two, three coats that are pretty thin to make that work. And I don't sand in between coats, like ever. And you might not even have to sand. You could just use a sponge and feather off the sides with a sponge, Mm. with a wet sponge. Okay, okay. That makes sense. And once you do that, then it's priming. Then once you do two or three coats of that, then you're priming the whole area. Probably one coat... You know, if it looks like it's pretty thin, you could do a second coat of a primer just to be safe to help you. But I would also prime the whole wall. Mm-hmm. I would just paint the whole wall, the whole area. I wouldn't just do one section. I would do everything and start from scratch and see how how well that holds up. Right, especially if they they like just bought this home and they they want to really feel like comfortable in it. I I think this is a nice first project for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it gets you to be intimate with the home and you get to know more about your house. I want to also say though, if you see any bubbles, just cut them open. 
You know, like if this, if you're going to prep the wall and there's a bubble forming, don't paint over it. You should just cut it open and, and just make it a part of the patch and make it a part of the repair, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and you want, I think you want to kind of have a reset the best you possibly can in that situation. Yeah. Mercury did it again. I think the only thing I would add to that is just that it was really hard to not make a binder trans mask joke while you were talking about making things look flat that aren't flat. That's why you were smiling at me the entire time. You looked like you were ready to burst out laughing the entire time. I'm like, what am I saying? That's so funny, dude. It was was just a trans joke in my head. Oh, man. We're so loaded up trans jokes. Yeah. Yeah, we got trans jokes for days. Okay, anyways, let's go to a good transition. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question we have here. I think the last question, too. Yeah, ooh, they didn't tell me their name. Okay, hi, Mercury and staff. Question for your podcast. I added a pure filter to my kitchen sink, and since then, water has been spraying from the stem of the faucet. Is there anything I can do about this besides replace the faucet? And will that even solve it, or will it just make the new faucet do the same thing eventually? So I actually have a theory about this one. So I I picked this one specifically because it's just a unique question. Like, okay, you put this filter system in, and then all of a sudden another a a problem arises. Like, why is that the thing? I think because of pressure change. Mm -hmm. I think that the pressure got tighter and more hard through that stem. And I think that because of that filter, it's making it work a little bit harder and is narrowing the, 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 the water just a little bit, which makes the pressure tighter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it just revealed something it was already doing. Like, I think it was slowly causing a problem. It was already going to be there, and then it just sent right over the hill. Mm-hmm. And what I think it is is a bad O-ring. Okay, yeah, that I makes think sense. It's a 50-cent fix is yeah, what I think it absolutely. is. Absolutely. I think you're going to... You turn off the water just to be nice and safe. You don't really have to, but turn off the water to be safe. And then take off the handle, essentially. You just take the handle off, which is just like usually a set screw somewhere. And then once you reveal that, you can take off maybe another portion. Sometimes there's another section. Or there's a stem right there that has an O-ring on it. You take that O-ring off, and then you go to a hardware store buy a whole pack of them and then you'll have them for life essentially but yeah i think that's what it is mercury have you ever bought a plumbing o-ring to use for like an earring have you ever known anyone to do that wait have i ever bought yeah, like for for like stra- <laughs> okay i'm sorry this is like totally out of this left is field. so random but like the because if you stretch your ears or like any piercing yeah um, they use like the same gauge system um no way for some jewelry you need to use o-rings so are you serious yeah you can use so people who are listening to this might actually have an idea of what size they need based off of just their their jewelry at home holy shit that's pretty fucking rad i love that that blew my mind a little bit i was like where are you going with this (laughs) but yeah that's what i would think it is and and here's the thing even if you took the, the filter off, it wouldn't solve the problem now. Because now it's like the wheel fall off the truck. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like that time when our tire blew up on the <laughs> freeway. Yeah. 100% just like that time that we were going home and we had a tire on a highway basically pop. That was absolutely awful. Oh, boy. 
Good stuff. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I think that we did it. I think we answered all the questions. Oh my God, we did it. We did a whole podcast on tour. Yeah, we did a whole podcast on tour. I think we kept it a little bit shorter today because, again, we're on tour. We want to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to my spouse, Mouse. Oh, yes. I am sure that Basil wants to watch more sex education. Yes, new season. New season of sex education. Hey, by the way, by the way, and no, this is not the podcast for it, but have you watched Our Flag Means Death? You haven't. I right? haven't yet. Dude, I'm... now is the time. Dude, yeah. I would ro- oh, I will watch season one with you. I will fucking watch. I will make you watch season one oh with you. Oh, my gosh. It is so good, dude. It's... It sounds like it might be a job requirement now. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, my gosh. Should we do a book club dash? <laughs> <laughs> TV watch? Oh, just our flag means death? That would be fun. Boy, if you like that, you can text us <laughs> at this number. 608-205-8768. You can also text us or call us at the same number if you have any questions or if you have any problems with any of the things I said during this podcast. If you're like, no, Mercury, you're wrong about that. Hey, tell me about it by texting or leaving a voicemail. And all that being said, do you got anything else to say, Baze? If you do take our advice and have any updates, also send us pictures. Like if you paint your stuff like with our advice, like I want to see that. Please I include us. I love seeing updates to the things that we tell people. It's like my favorite thing in the mm-hmm. world. So remember, until next time, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. Bye. The theme song was created by Rody Walker. Questions were picked up by our production assistant, Ziggy. A big thank you to our executive producer, Basil. And this podcast was recorded and edited by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time it takes to be you. You how to fix your house, how to fix it by yourself. The trans handy.